Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Hoodies. This is Bill Kegel. I'm joined as always by Tony DeNicola. Tony, what is happening, buddy? Oh, man. It's ready for the Thursday night game. Oakland KC, baby. It's going to be a good one. And I'm feeling great. Had leg night at the gym. I feel phenomenal. How you doing? I'm good. We had sort of a troubling night trying to figure something out, but uh, I think all things considered, we're on uh, we're on a good track right now. So, but I wanted to ask you, uh, how was the movie I signed? Oh, Bill Kegel and uh, I got I love these bets, man. And for those who haven't listened before, we make a bet on the worst game of the week, and the winner gets to pick a movie for the loser to watch. And, you know, the one time it was uh, I Love You, Philip Morris, and I got to watch it with the mother-in-law and the fiancé and watch, watch, or got to watch Jim Carrey have uh, gay sex with a man. So then the uh, new one you assigned me, um, World's Greatest Dad with Robin Williams, uh, off the bat, great film, love the ending. Uh, but, you know, three or four minutes in, Robin Williams walks in on his son, who uh, is in the middle of what's called erotic asphyxiation. And for those of you who don't know, that's basically where you choke yourself while masturbating in order to have a better orgasm. So, and again, I watched it with the fiancé and the mother-in-law. Extremely uncomfortable. So at this point, I feel like you're just trolling me, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, life goes on. What are you going to do? I'm not trolling you. I promise these were good movies. Bobcat Goldthwait directed um, uh, World's Greatest Dad. So I stand behind it. I thought I thought they were both solid films. I did not expect you to watch them with the mill. Uh, maybe the fiance, but definitely not the mill specifically. So I apologize in advance. I think the next movie I signed you, spoiler alert, is probably going to be Zootopia, unless you watch it beforehand. Then I'll find another very, very light PG. Um, maybe it'll dip their toes in PG-13, but definitely G and PG-rated things. Okay, so this is PG-13, like Zootopia. There's not going to just be bestiality in the first 10 minutes or something crazy then. Zootopia is a Disney film. That's all I'll leave you with. Yeah, well, Disney has done some dark stuff, so I want to put it past them. Penises and castles on uh, on boxes of uh, VHS tapes. Uh, yeah, they, they, they've been known to get a little saucy, so... I don't know, man. I apologize in advance. I think, uh, I, I think you know, just unfortunate. Like I said, I don't know who you're watching this stuff with. I'm assigning you these movies. Who you have watching with you is your responsibility, not Bill's. So that's all. Uh, that's all I have to really say about that. Uh, thanks, bud. You wanna? I wanna get in the NFL a bit here. Let's uh, let's get in the NFL and actually let's start with somebody that matters. Uh, the New England Patriots, and probably more specifically Tom Brady. Tom Brady now has the most wins of any quarterback in uh, football history. And um, you know what? Because we're a PG show, this is something I want the mill and the fiancé to listen to. I'm just going to say, instead of the uh, the term we are using before the mics went hot, I'm going to go with, we're going to John Gruden Tom Brady a little bit, okay? Because I think it's important for people to know that when people I, – I just don't understand this this culture of hate, all right? Tom Brady is a great quarterback. We are watching a great quarterback. I don't know when his prime is going to be up, 
I don't I don't know when he plans on his prime being up, but the way I look at it is um, we're watching greatness. Love him or hate him, who cares? He's not your friend. You don't have to deal with him on a day-to-day basis. He's in your life for three hours. Well, I'll be a good or bad, but he's only in your life for three hours. How about just appreciating the fact that you're watching a once-in-a-generation player? Like when you watch LeBron or, I don't know, in hockey or Bryce Harper or whoever – well, instead of hating these guys, just appreciate what they are, and it's great. There's These guys don't come along that often. And you're watching a great quarterback do his thing right now, and I just don't understand. I just don't understand the culture of hate that we have going on, especially for greatness. We're all just, I, I think, just uh, super egotistical, super narcissistic, and always just uh, jealousy is always just right at the tip of our emotions. Um so, yeah, you go on. You give me your thoughts about Tom Brady because uh, you and I both uh, aren't Bills fans, so we get to be objective about the man, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, Bills Mafia, you're just blind hatred for someone who has just kicked your ass time and again. And I'll go back to it. I think he's 26-3 and three all time against the Bills. It's mind-boggling. Give the guy his due. He, he, he's a phenomenal quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. And you, you can claim all you want that, oh, it's because of the system. You can say that about any quarterback. What was Dan Marino without Don Shula? What was Joe Montana without, um, oh, God, why am I slipping under the Bill Walsh. Right Bill Walsh, thank you. It, it, just get over your hatred. Admit greatness when you see it. I mean, the guy is tearing the league up right now. 69% completion, 2,400 2, yards, 19 touchdowns, one pick. He's averaging 308 yards per game. Are you kidding me? This is greatness we're seeing. Just You don't have to like the guy, but Bills fans see that he's so blinded where they hate him so much they can't even admit he's good. I just don't get it, man. 100% with you. It's just something I don't understand. And mind you, he will be 40, I believe, by the end of the season, or maybe at the the, the very tail end of the season, I, I do – I mean, for, whatever. He's 39 now, for Christ's sake. And he, and he has one interception. That's the most important stat in all that. He is not turning the ball over. He's just not turning the ball over. And um, I don't know. I, I just don't I, – I just don't understand why people are uh, – I don't understand – I just don't understand the blind hatred. So, you know what? We're not even going to talk about others. We're just going to talk about – you know what? Let's talk about something that uh, – you know, we just we'll say our piece about Tom Brady, and then we'll move on to a subject. I know you are. Uh, if there was a bit, it's not you. You would be chomping at it. You would have consumed it by now. So, final thoughts on Tom Brady, man. I, I think he's he's still he's still my MVP of the year so far, um, and he's gonna he's gonna win a fifth Super Bowl at some point in the next two years. He just is. I'll be it this year or next year. He just I. I that's all I really have to say about the man. He's going to win a Super Bowl. He's going to have five by the time his career is done, at least. And uh, greatest quarterback in my lifetime, and I don't even really think it's that debatable. No, not at all. And, you know, there's there's few teams that could challenge him in the AFC. I mean, Kansas City maybe with that defense, and Al Smith seems to just get the job done. Oakland, uh, as great as they are on offense, I, that defense, man, I just don't see it. And what, from what we learned the other day, no bottom four ranked defense in the NFL has made it to the AFC championship except for the 2011 Patriots. So history is against Oakland, that department. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just admit when you see something great, like don't be, don't be an hater about it. I don't know. I, 
there's not much else I can say on it. It's, the guy's great. He's phenomenal. I mean, what other hyperbole can you use for him? He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. Right. No, 100% agreed. Um, so I'm going to set this up. I'm going to put the ball on the tee, and then uh, you're going to go happy Gilmore on it. So Buffalo Bills are uh, still in the hunt for the playoff burst. Uh, Tony. No, they're not. What do you think their chances are, bud? Oh, God, Bills Mafia, you pissed me off so much. Just just admit it when it's over. It, you don't have a snowball shot in hell. You have to win all four games, and then you need Pittsburgh to lose a couple, Baltimore to lose a couple. You need the Dolphins to drop, maybe even the Chiefs to drop. The Titans are right behind you. I mean, even the Colts are still in the hunt. You need so many dominoes to fall, it's mind-boggling. And I'll give you a stat right here about, you know, Sexy Rexy and your all sizzle, no steak head coach. Rex Ryan, since 2012, his record following a win is 8 and 21. 8 and 21. So somehow you think you're going to string together four wins in a row. And yes, I know you did it earlier in their season against garbage teams. Arizona, that was your biggest win, and we see how good they are now. And he's 8 and 21 in, in games following a win. And you wanted to string the other four of them in his career. That, it's just mind-boggling to me. It's not happening. Listen, Bill's Mafia, face reality, all right? Your playoff drought is starting to look at college applications. Your playoff drought is about to graduate from high school, all right? This is how bad it's gotten for you. And the fact that you're not more pissed off about it and you're not just demanding change and just demanding Rob and Rex Ryan's heads on a stick is mind-boggling to me. You're number one in rushing the NFL, and yet you're 32nd in passing. So what, what's the excuse with Tyrod? This guy, he's just plain and simple, he can't get it done in the NFL. I'm sorry. And you're going to tell me, oh, Sammy Watkins was out most of the year. Well, the Cowboys seem to be just fine with their offense, with Dez being out for a few games. And don't tell me that your line isn't working because you're, you're running the ball like crazy. Shady McCoy is having a phenomenal season, taking this pressure off Tyrod, and he still can't get the job done. This guy, if the first, maybe second read isn't there, he just tucks the ball and tries to run with it. This isn't college, man. This is the pros. You can't do that. Oh, God. I, uh, I'll give you an example earlier today. I took some advice from a coworker, my buddy Matt. He's also a Cowboys fan. And he's like, hey, man, I wear my hat on my stops. You know, it helps sales. It's a conversation starter. So I'm like, all right, great advice, Matty. I'll take it. I'll wear my Cowboys hat around today. Don't you know I do that up north, and I run into a vaunted member of Bill's Mafia and was up at the Border Patrol up by Canada. And the first thing this guy says to me is like, oh, you're a Cowboys fan? That's pathetic. I'm sorry, bro. Why is that pathetic? We're 11-1. and We're having a phenomenal year, and you're a Bill's fan? And he had the nerve to talk about our, our playoff record. Oh, you guys are what, like 2-4 and four in the playoffs? Bro, you haven't seen the playoffs in years, and you're talking to me about it? Are you kidding me? I don't care if you work for Border Patrol, you think you're tough. I will smack you around on the ground. Bill's Mafia, wake up, be better, demand better. That's all I got. Yeah, hard to disagree with anything that you said. So, um, all right. So, he, a buddy of ours uh, today, I was floating. I was like, well, he was complaining about Tyrod. 
And uh, I did text him and told him, call him to the show. So if he calls in, we'll still take his call unless we're in the Gi- uh, Dallas uh, Giants stuff and we're getting towards the end of the show. But um, so I was like, hey, man, what do you think about, uh, you know, the Bills throwing a bunch of money at Tony Romo next year? I thought it was going to be like, yeah, that'd be awesome, but I don't think he's going to come here. So instead his response was, and I was I was not on board with him at first, but then I sort of got on board. So his response was, well, I don't want him. I don't think our offensive line can do a good job protecting him. Uh, I think he's too brittle to play for Buffalo. It gets cold here. You know, his body doesn't respond to the to the weather, you know, considering like what Peyton Manning was towards the end of his career, especially at home in Denver. And, uh, you know, just how frail he was when the weather got below a certain amount of time. So as he's saying all this, I'm just sort of thinking, I was like, well, it's not Tony Romo, then what, are their, what is their answer at quarterback? Because it's clearly not Tyrod. They're going to let E.G. Manuel go. They're not going to have a low enough draft pick to pick one of the uh, top-tier quarterbacks, and I don't think there's many this year. I mean, really their best option is to hope Sam Darnold, you know, comes out when they, when they eventually, you know, have another one of those 4-12 and 12 seasons because they are happening. So I'm just curious, Tony, what do you think their options are going forward? Because uh, I mean, he's right. It's not Tony Romo. I, I mean, aside from all the reasons that he gave, it's not Tony Romo. Obviously, he's never going to come to Buffalo, no matter how much money. I mean, they could back up. You know, Jerry Jones could could literally pay him a billion dollars to leave Dallas and go to Buffalo, and he probably still wouldn't take it. But all of that being said, what is their options going forward? How does this team make the playoffs? Uh, plain and simple, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think they lose to Pittsburgh, and and that's it. You're right off the season. And if they lose to Pittsburgh, I really think they should start Cardell Jones at quarterback. I think they should sit Tyrod, give Cardell a shot, and see what he has. Give him three games and go from there. Start building toward next year. This is what kills me about the Bills every year, too, is that they're never bad enough to get a high draft pick and fix their problems but they're never good enough to make the playoffs. They're just one of these middling, mediocre teams, and they do it every year. How many seasons have they had where they're 6-10, and 7-9, and 8-8? Eight and eight? That gets you nowhere. You either want to be really bad in the NFL or really good. Get that high draft pick. Look how well it worked for Dallas last year. Dallas had an absolute god-awful season, 4-12. and 12. They drafted Ezekiel Elliott. A few years ago, the Colts have a terrible year. They draft Andrew Luck, their next franchise quarterback. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and just have a really bad season. This winning like three out of four at the end and just finishing in the middle of the pack just isn't going to help. And let's say by some sheer miracle that Buffalo somehow beats Pittsburgh this weekend, you know full well, being Buffalo, they will lose to Cleveland next weekend and they'll be eliminated from playoff contention. It, It will happen. A market down. If Buffalo wins this weekend, they will lose to Cleveland next weekend. I'm guaranteeing it. That's absolutely hilarious because, unfortunately, that is what they do. But, okay, so what I'm saying is, say, you're the GM. You're Doug Whaley. Harry Pagula's like, listen, you need to make the playoffs this year or you don't have a job. What is your? What do you do? Like, what, what do you do? What do you do with Tyrod? What do you do with quarterback? What do you do to show the owner, Terry Pagula, that you're going to you're going to do whatever you can to ensure your 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 career with the Buffalo Bills? That's tough, man, because there's – I mean, we all know it's hard to find a quarterback. I mean, Buffalo hasn't been able to do it since Kelly left. 
I, I guess you could pick somebody off off the scrap heap, but I mean, what Jay Cutler and like you said, getting Romo. I don't even think they'd have the cap room to get Romo. Um, you know, like I said, trot Cardell Jones out there. See what he has in three games, and maybe he's your starter going into next year. Um, like Delta re-sign EJ Manuel. So it's first off, though, I you know for sure I get rid of the Ryan. I get rid of Rob. I get rid of Rex. Clean house of that because that's clearly not working. Rex Ryan, except for those two uh, seasons with the Jets where he went to the AFC title game. He's the epitome of mediocre. He hasn't had a winning season, and I want to say maybe seven, almost eight years. So he's clearly not the answer. I would throw a bunch of money at uh, at um, the Eagles defensive coordinator. Uh, oh, give me his name. Jim Schwartz. Try to give him to come, come back, yeah. Yes, I, I would throw some money at him, get him to come back, and help him revamp that defense. Yeah. Especially, too, that's supposed to be Rex Ryan's bread and butter, and they've progressively gotten worse every season, which is mind-boggling. Besides that, I mean, uh, there's not really a ton of moves they can make. I just – I don't know where they're going to get a quarterback. I mean, who knows, maybe get lucky with Cardell Jones. I just – I don't see it at a tie rod. The guy's averaging like 200 yards passing a game in the modern-day NFL. I mean, we're talking Brock Osweiler bad. And yeah, he doesn't throw a ton of interceptions, but it's just he, he doesn't make he doesn't throw the ball enough either. That's that's why the mistakes aren't there. But he doesn't he's just not efficient enough with the throws he makes. And to not be able to top two hundred yards in the modern day league is just is mind boggling. Do you think he's do you, you don't think he's salvageable? You don't think with the right coach like a um, like an offensive minded head coach like an Adam Gase type um, who can because, I mean, what Adam Gase is doing effectively is is he's taken Ryan Tannehill out of the game, right? So he's minimizing uh, Ryan Tannehill's impact on offense and basically, you know, winning with short passes, very easy passes. He simplified the offense. He's running the offense through a, a Jai, and and he's just minimizing Tannehill's you know uh, effect of the game. So what if the what if the Bills did something like that with Tyrod? I mean. Shady McCoy's probably got two good years left on him, but at his peak, he's better than Ajayi. I mean, he won't be next year probably, but you know, or in two years. But he, you know, he is better than Ajayi right now. I think that the Bills have a little bit better of an offensive line, especially in the left side with Incognito and Cordy Glenn and Eric Wood when he's healthy, which I actually think was a, a way bigger loss than um, than I think people were making it out. Uh, I think I think Eric Wood was the linchpin of that offense. And I think that they losing for one the guy that makes all the line calls was just was just a massive massive loss. But what about that? What if we find a guy? What if the Bills find a guy? I say we like like we're still the GM. But what if they find a guy like an Adam Gase that can minimize Tyrod's impact on the on the offense and maybe sort of salvage him? I mean, he's not inaccurate. He just the thing is is he just doesn't throw the ball down the field. He doesn't throw the ball upfield. I mean. Everybody will knock Eli, and and oh, I'm going to in a little bit. Unfortunately, it's sort of like coming to the uh, come. To, it's a come to Jesus moment, like with your children. What I'm going to do with Eli in the next segment, but he doesn't throw the ball upfield. He he throws the ball, you know, to you know he he. he he dumps it off a lot. Like he's almost like a uh, he's almost like a Trent Edwards, where he's sort of afraid to throw the ball downfield. And, and maybe it's because his receivers aren't getting open. And maybe the problem is just the offense just is not good. Maybe that's the problem. But I agree with you. I don't think Tyrod's the guy. He's not going to be the guy for twenty seven million dollars next year. So there's no way they 
they keep him on that contract. I mean, maybe they cut him and then they, you know, offer him something less or, you know, let him just become a free agent and just roll the dice and maybe they can get him back for cheap. I have no earthly idea, but as of right now, I don't trust Cardale Jones. I think their best quarterback, and I know Bills Mafia is going to hate this, um, but Bills Mafia is going to hate this 1,000%, but I think E.J. Manuel is their best quarterback on, their, on that team. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right with EJ. It's just, would they take the risk and sign him next year? I, I just don't see that no. happening. And you mentioned how his receivers aren't getting open. In the modern-day NFL, if you want to be a good, let's not even say great quarterback, let's just say a good quarterback, you need to throw your receivers open. You need to find those tiny windows and throw it in that spot. It, you know, they're not going to get just, they're not going to be wide open every time. You need to throw it to where the defender can't get to it. And I'm sorry, Tyrod just can't do it. If you watch him on film, man, he just can't make the reads. If his first read isn't there, it's, he just gets flustered and his feet start moving around. He just wants to take off out of the pocket. Like the guy, he's athletic as hell, don't get me wrong, but he just, I just don't think he fits in the pro game. I just don't think he's quick enough with his reads to do it. Yeah, no, you and I uh, couldn't agree more on that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think there's anything really in house they can do to sort of salvage them. I definitely don't think Cardell Jones is the uh, is the answer. I mean, it would, I mean, there's no there's no harm once they're eliminated from the playoffs to uh, to bring him in and see what you have with him. Maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe he's maybe he's a Dak Prescott. I mean, I think those guys come along once every you know couple of years, but maybe they get lucky and then there's just two in this draft. So I, I don't know. Um, anything else you want to say on the bull, on the Bills before we move on? Uh, no, I think I've pissed them off quite enough. But uh, Bills Mafia, if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, at TonyQs44, feel free to take some shots. I'm sure, uh, sure you got some pent-up frustration, so feel free. Yeah, and in that vein, um, be sure to listen to us on iTunes. It's very important that you go to iTunes, you download um, our podcast, which is under the Back Sports page banner. And I think that's probably a lot of why our podcast has been a little more difficult to find is because we haven't pointed that out. So you have to go to BackSportsPage.com, and then you download under the hoodies through that. So say you were, you know, it's it just say you were looking for, um, you know, uh, whatever, someone's, someone's podcast like that's on ESPN. You would download ESPNs and you would find it through there or whoever their mothership would be. So uh, back sports page is where you find us on iTunes and then you download the under the hoodie show. Um, we're going to do it once a week. Uh, we want to do more at some point, but as of right now, once a week, uh, and due to a little bit of an unforeseen uh, incident or two unforeseen incidences yesterday, we had to move the show to Thursday again. Middle of our weeks aren't going well, by the way, Tony. Just as a, just as a quick aside, boy, we're having terrible Wednesdays, just terrible Wednesdays the last couple of weeks. Yeah, hump day is uh, really putting us to the ringer. It's not been fun. Yeah. Hoping things will pick yeah. up a little more in the next few weeks. Yeah, 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 very true. So, um, again, that's Back Sports page on iTunes and then under the hoodies under that banner. You can also listen to us here on Blog Talk Radio um, and through the website at BackSportsPage.com, which, I mean, ideally we can get our own iTunes feed at some point. 
maybe and, and we're going to work towards uh getting maybe on SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or something like that but um as of right now back sports page and then under the hoodies.com on iTunes and be sure to rate us on iTunes too if you do listen to us on iTunes give us a good uh quick rating in there good or bad we like to hear the feedback so um also Tony if you want to put up the Twitter handles real quick uh, yeah, like I said before, you can find me at Tony Cuse 44 You can find him at Phil K. Eagle. And you can find the show at Under the Hoodies. And like Phil said, find us on iTunes. Go to uh, Back Sports page, subscribe, then go down the list. Just find any Under the Hoodies episode. Feel free to download it. Uh, if you happen to have a Samsung product and you don't have iTunes, a great app I use on my Samsung phone is Podcast Addict. This is all free, by the way. won't cost you a dime. Download Podcast Addict, go into the search tab, hit Back Sports page, find Under the Hoodies, hit that download button, and uh, give us a listen, give us some feedback. I don't care if you love us, hate us, Bill's Mafia, I know I have to piss you off, so feel free, hit me up with those comments. Good or bad, I just, I want to hear it. And also, just to remind everybody, you are listening to Under the Hoodies, I'm Bill Kegel, that is Tony DeNicola. So... Let's just go on, get into it. Giants, Cowboys, man. Uh, first of all, let's uh, let's make a quick prediction and then go from there with our preview. So, uh, who's going to win this game, Tony? Uh, my <laughs> my heart says Cowboys by ten. My brain is telling me Cowboys by three because it doesn't matter who's good, who's bad. This rivalry, it's always close. I, I feel like it's going to be the Cowboys driving down the field for a game-winning score, or it'll be a Dan Bailey field goal to win it. It, it doesn't matter. You can throw all the numbers out the window. These two teams always play each other close. That's true. Um, I think I'm going with Cowboys by three also. That's my head. My heart's telling me the Giants are going to win in a blowout by 40. But um, oh, okay. that's why we think with our heads and not our hearts. So um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to start with this. Okay, so I have a couple a couple sad statistics on the Giants. All right, this this really pains me to do. So since week seven, the Giants are 30th in the league in offense. The only two teams that are worse on offense than the New York Giants since week seven are the Cleveland Browns and your Los Angeles Rams. Their average drive only lasts 5.6 plays, so either they're three and out or they're getting a massive play to Odell Beckham. They're also – and that's 30th in the NFL, by the way. Their drives last two minutes, 16 seconds. That's 31st in the league. That's pathetic. That is pathetic. That is a clear indication that the running game is in serious jeopardy. And to add a little bit more, and I know you have a point to make on this, Tony, that a little bit more, um, I'm just going to kick myself in the nuts even harder right now. JPP is out for the rest of the year. If Angel in the outfield come and then they help the Giants win and we somehow get to the Super Bowl, JPP is questionable for that. So, um that's all, I, that's all I can really say about the Giants right now, uh, but go ahead and make a point. Well, first off, I like how you said your Los Angeles Rams. They're not my Los Angeles Rams. They're Claude Los Angeles Rams, and they're terrible. So that's enough. I am making, I'm, saying, I'm talking to our audience, not you. I'm talking to the audience. 
Yeah, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure no one listening to this is a fan of the Rams, except, you know, that one person I mentioned, Claude. But, uh, and then number two, you talk about time of possession. That could kill the Giants against the Cowboys. The Cowboys eat up the clock. They lead the league in time of possession. So if you have a quick, you know, three and out or a quick one- or two-minute drive and the Cowboys come back and just run it down your throats for seven or eight minutes, you turn it back over to us three and out, another eight-minute drive. Before you know it, it's 14 nothing, and we're going in the locker room for halftime, and that's your ball game, folks. And then uh, the uh, last point I was going to make is um, – yeah, the uh, uh, JPP being out, I it's great for us. I never want to see somebody hurt, though. Like, I can't – I absolutely can't stand fans. Like, I see some Cowboys fans on Twitter who are like, oh, JPP's hurt. This is awesome. Good. That bum. It's like, dude, man, realize he's a human being. Like, and number one, if you if we're as good as we think we are, I want to play another team at full strength. I want to play their best. Like, we are a great team. Why don't we go out there and prove it? We don't need it. We don't need these handicaps. We don't need any advantages. So it's just like, you know, grow up, people. Yeah, a grown man, a human being is hurt. Like, it's nothing to cheer or celebrate. It's, it, it's so bush league. I can't stand when I see that. No, I agree with you. Um, it does suck. And that That's probably the last time we'll see him in a Giants uniform. I just don't see the Giants paying him Olivier Burden money, although he was having a really nice year. He was grading out in the top five of uh, four three defensive ends by pro football focus. If you watch him, I mean, he was just he was just abusing left tackles. And he, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, he was back. And it kind of stinks because he was really solid against the run. He's really important to Steve Spagnuolo's defense. I mean, thankfully, the Giants did address the defensive end position and free agency with Olivier Vernon, who had a monster game and is, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's notoriously a slow starter. I mean, he didn't really kick up last year until the, until the last nine games of the season for Miami. And, uh, and, and it looks like that's what he's doing this year. So he takes a little bit of time to get going, but he's looked really good. I mean, J- uh, Olivier Vernon's looked really good. Now, now, I mean, the giants have a lot of holes. Okay. They have a lot of holes. They're the giants are one of those, um, I've used this analogy before on previous episode uh, when we did the first incarnation of it. So there used to be a show on Spike called The Catch a Contractor. And what it was is Adam Carolla and this other guy named Skip would go in, and Skip was a uh, he was a carpenter, you know, real well-known, does great work, et cetera. So what they would do is they would go into houses, and they'd be like, oh, this is shoddy work. You look under this drywall, the wiring's all jacked up. The studs are not the, – the, the nailing schedule on the uh, drywall was, was just shot, whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. So – Remove, remove what you can see. Look behind it. There's nothing there. That's how the Giants, Giants have been constructed since Jerry Reese has gotten there. He gets a lot of credit for the two Super Bowls, but the core and the spine of that team was put together by Ernie Accorsi. Jerry Reese is not since, – since his, since his hands have been on the Giants, they have not made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl in 2011. And I, 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 uh, Ben McAdoo, I don't know if you right, – to the people that are listening – Watch every single Giants formation. I can tell you what it's going to be 95% of the time. Because this is what he runs 95% of the time. One running back, one tight end, three receivers. And then he plays a matchup game. Whoever's open, that's who Eli throws to. That is the least creative offense in the NFL. He, I mean, nine times out of ten, Oda Beckham's going to win his matchup. But then that's, that's only if he's single covered. There's still Sterling Shepard. He's not winning his matchups. Victor Cruz is going to be out of the league in a year or two. And it pains me to say that because I'm a huge Victor Cruz fan, but Victor Cruz is done. He's just done. You watch him play. He's quite, 
he doesn't have the explosion. He doesn't have a lateral quickness. He can't be, he can't beat people in small areas. He's just, he just throw. I think this game is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I mean, as, as nice as it is for you to say the game is going to be close. I mean, that's very optimistic of you for the giants, but I don't think it's going to be close. I think that offensive line is going to push the giants defensive line around, especially with Pierre Paul out. I think Olivier Vernon is going to have an impact, but it's going to be really negated without the presence of, without the presence of JPP. The linebackers are atrocious. The, um, the secondary is very good, and they do a really good job considering the pass rush hasn't been has been inconsistent all year. When it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it doesn't exist. And uh, there's a really interesting stat: Ezekiel Elliott runs for three yards before first contact is made. That is going to go way up playing the Giants, considering their linebackers and that great offensive line. I just don't see how this game is close. I, I really don't. I'm try I wish I was more optimistic, but this this team is the most hollow eight and four team I've ever seen. So, um. I mean, that's why my prediction is and really I think it's going to be Dallas. I, I think it's going to be Dallas and a pretty lopsided victory. The scoreboard might be uh, might, might indicate a little different like the Pittsburgh Steelers game, but like the Pittsburgh Steelers game, the Giants I don't think are going to be in control in this game at any point. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think it will be close either. I think it will be a pretty, pretty sizable win in the Cowboys' favor, but I'm trying to temper expectations because I know how I predicted a 10-point win by the Cowboys last Thursday against the Vikings, and, you know, that ended up being a 19-17 victory. And just to go back on that real quick, I know all these people, like, think, oh, the Cowboys paid off the refs. They complained about that hit to the face to Brad from the two-point completion. First off, before the play even started, there was a false start on the left tackle, so the play shouldn't even happen. It should have been five yards back up. Secondly, Bradford already released the ball before he got hit in the face, and he threw it, you know, 10 rows deep into the stands. So that wasn't getting completed no matter what happened. And then number three, at the end of the day, that Vikings offense and Sam Bradford, if you gave him another shot at two-point conversion, what are the odds that they actually would have converted it? And even if they did, it's a tie game, and it goes to overtime, and who knows what happens then. But I, just people whining about that game, shut up. Uh, calls get missed all the time. Nobody's paying off any refs, and maybe unless you're Richard Sherman out in Seattle, but that's beside the point. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this game, it's funny, too, because people ask me all the time, they're like, how are you guys going to cover Beckham? Beckham's going to torch you. I don't care. Beckham can go for 200 yards and two touchdowns, and I'm okay with it as long as the Cowboys win. At the end of the day, the only real weapons are offense are Eli and Beckham. Like, there's really nobody else. So it's like he can have his, and I'm perfectly fine with it. And we've talked about before, the Cowboys are bend-don't-break defense. Between the 20s, you know, they'll give up all the yardage in the world. But once they get into the red zone, they lock it down. And you may not. I, I didn't realize this until I looked it up. You know the Cowboys are fifth in the league and points allowed on defense? And the defense isn't that great. It's just, like I said, they just turn the screws when they get into the 20s. They're probably in the bottom part of the league as far as yardage given up. But to be top five in points allowed, I mean, they're only giving them, I think, 19.1 points per game, which is amazing. Right? And that's just a testament, too, to their offense and how they ground and pound to keep the other team's offense off the field. But Beckham's I, 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 an amazing, phenomenal talent and one of the best talents in the league. But at the end of the day, he can get his all he wants if he's the only one doing it. If no one else is going off, I'm fine with it. And people reference the catch all the time. Greatest catch in NFL history. That thing was phenomenal. But remind me, Bill, who won that game? Dallas won it. Yep, exactly. I mean, it, it, he's played five career games against the Cowboys. 
Beckham is 2-3 and three in those games. One of those victories, uh, I believe, is either Kellen Moore or Matt Castle. It, it wasn't a starting quarterback was playing that game last season. So wipe that off the board. It was board. Matt Castle. The other, yeah, so, I mean, come on now. We can't credit that too much. And then the other victory was by one point earlier in the year. I'll give the Giants all the credit in the world. They won that game. Match up the two teams now, completely different teams. When you look back at that first game, Dak's first NFL start ever in the regular season, same thing for Zeke. Zeke was just too aggressive and hitting his holes way too fast and not letting his blocks set up. That loss may have been the best thing that could have happened to the Cowboys and put them on their 11-game win streak because they went back and they watched that film and saw where the holes come from and how he needs to wait and be patient for it. So, I, I mean, like I said, Beckham can go off all he wants. I'm fine with that. He's got four touchdowns all time against the Cowboys. Every one of those scores has been in a loss. So I'm good with it. No, I'm with you. And uh, the, the as it sits right now, Dallas is favored by three and a half points. I actually think that line's kind of low, um, even though they're playing in New York. Um, I do think that line's kind of low, so Vegas might know something. But I mean, as it stands right now, Dallas is going to. I think I just don't see a scenario in which the Giants win that. Yeah, as we learned last week with uh, the because I remember you were complaining a bit about the Giants' line in Pittsburgh. I believe it was Pittsburgh by six. The wise guys, you know, you can knock them all you want. That wise guys know their stuff. There's a reason they put the lines where they do. For the most part, I mean, they did sort of butcher the Detroit line because I think they had to do it. I think they wanted. I want to say they had to win by five and a half, and Detroit just controlled that game from the jump. So, um, uh, that being said. Um, I don't have any. I mean, do you have anything uh, to add to that, uh, or do you want to move on to our picks, our entertainment picks, and our um, and our uh, our next week's bet? Uh, no, no. I'll just give you one quick one because you mentioned Detroit. Uh, I found this stat um, yeah. kind of remarkable. Uh, the Lions have lost twenty-two straight road games after their Thanksgiving game. Their last win on the road after Thanksgiving game was nineteen seventy-four. That stat just blew my mind. Holy hell. Holy hell. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Um, Man, I I really think, like, if you're going wild card teams, um, I really think Tampa and Washington are are superior teams to the Giants right now. The Giants may get in. They may not. I mean, you know, let's say they split the next four games. They're 10-6. and six. I think they have a lot of tiebreakers. I do think they get in, um, but it's definitely not a guaranteed. I think they're an okay team. I think they're not, they're not great. They don't do anything exceptional. Dallas does something exceptional. They run the ball. They don't turn the ball over, and that offensive line is the best unit in football, and it's the actual MVP of the league. Um, so yeah, that that's my problem with the. Uh, that's what, I mean. That's that's a that's my issue with the Giants. They just they do nothing exceptional. Odell Beckham's exceptional. They don't do anything exceptional. Yeah, well, at least what the Giants have in their favor is they're a game up in the wild card right now. They have the first wild card, and they're a game up on the Bucks. Yeah. And uh, unlike the Bills, they control their own destiny. I mean, they play Dallas this week. They've got Detroit the week after at Philly. That should definitely be a win. And then at Washington to close the season. And it looks like they'll probably compete with that wild card with Washington. So if they want to get in, it's all right in front of them. They can't blame anyone but themselves. Not very true. Um, 
So, uh, what was our bet last week? Oh, yeah, we bet the Chicago-San Francisco game. Tony, give us your thoughts on that game, buddy. <laughs> oh, God, what a pile of dog crap that game was. It was so bad. I'm watching on Red Zone, and it was cool because it starts snowing at the game, and I don't care how bad the football is. When it's in the snow, it just makes it, you know, it makes it great somehow. But it was so bad. They were even just mocking it, you know, on Red Zone at the time. And then um, uh, San Francisco uh, got a turnover, and they were dry. You know, they're taking it back the other way, and they take it to the house. And, you know, they start celebrating. These guys are running around the field. The entire defense is doing snow angels on the turf. Turns out the guy returned the ball, stepped out of the four-yard line. So now not only is it a touchdown, it's a 15-yard penalty for excessive celebration. So it gets called back. Instead of getting a, uh, a touchdown, San Fran ends up with a field goal. I mean, this game, there, there wasn't a completion by either team until the middle of the second quarter. This game was so bad. It it was so bad it was laughable. Like when they would cut the highlights of it, it was it was it was just hilarious to watch. It was literally like watching Pee Wee football. These two teams are complete dumpster fires. I just I don't even know how you start to rebuild either one. Yeah. Um you fire Chip Kelly, you you send him back to college, you get a coach, um you, you get rid of Kaepernick. I mean I, I Guy, to get rid of Jay Cutler, I, I just I don't know, man. I, I just I don't either. Um, yeah, I don't feel like really diving into it to be honest with you. I just don't. Those two teams are terrible. They're not gonna be good for a while. So, um, what's our pick for this week? We're going Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati. Yes. And I believe, what did I say? Cincinnati was a favorite by five and a half, I think. Um, yeah, let me double check that just through the app that we always go through. All right, it's going really slow. I believe it's five and a half. I think you're right. And I think you, you okay. since you won last week, you have to assign me something to watch and you also pick. Yeah, it's Cincy by five and a half. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to take Cleveland. Uh, they may not win, but I think they'll keep it closer than five and a half at the very least. I just I feel like Cleveland has to get a win somewhere, and with AJ Green out now for Cincinnati, and they're just they're not playing well at all. They they pretty much you know just cast in on their season. They're just mentally done. I I think Cleveland's got to get this yeah. one, especially being a rivalry game too. I think they'll keep it if not win it outright, at least within a field goal. But uh, as far as what I'm right. going to assign you, uh, I'm going to give you another little uh, thing to watch off the WWE Network. Uh, this is a personal Love favorite of mine. I'm going to have you watch ECW One Night Stand. It's basically a reunion of ECW wrestlers under a WWE-produced event. And, uh, yeah, give it a watch. I think you'll actually really enjoy this one. It's a very entertaining event. A lot of, uh, a lot of fun, hardcore wrestling with a lot of plunder and a bit of blood, which is, you know, something I really enjoy. So hopefully you will as well. All right. So I have two things to catch up on. The Seth Rollins. What What is the Seth Rollins thing called? I'm sorry. WWE 24. Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to react to that. Wow. Tyreek Hill and Alex Smith. What a throw. Uh, I hate rooting for that scumbag, um, unfortunately, though. Ah. Uh, that was a great throw. Um, 
So okay, Seth Rollins the twenty four seven whatever the hell ECW one day stand. Okay, I all right. So I'm willing to accept. Uh, I'm willing to accept two wrestling uh, uh, picks here. Um, these are actually supposed to be movies, not events. I'm not having you watch like Super Bowl forty, you know, for 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 your uh, punishment there. So um, watch both of these because you had a problem with the last two things assigned, I assigned you. But although I did try to give you an out. I really did my best to try to give you an out by um, by by telling you to not watch. Uh, what the hell was it? Oh, go, World's Greatest Dad. I try I try to get you to watch Zootopia with the Mill and the uh, fiance, but you you chose to watch it still. So you still have to watch Dog Fight, and then uh, after this, I can't do any more wrestling documentaries. And 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 if you do make me watch a wrestling documentary again. You are in for a real treat. You're gonna to have to watch a movie um, that uh, you know what I'll name. I'll name. I have a couple, but I'll name it now. So the movie that you will have to watch if you make me draw it's a third in a row. I need you need at least need to break it up. Third in a row. So if you ever watch another one, you are gonna watch um, the Antichrist or Nymphomania. I'm not sure which or Blue is the warmest color. The one of those three is gonna be in your. Uh, you're gonna to have to watch. And you're gonna to have to watch it with the mill and if you <laughs> I would never do that to them. I wish I could, but I can't. Oh, I'm Google, fine with that. Google, I, I feel like this, Google, this uh, accidental awkwardness comedy that I run into with these movies you choose with uh, the future mother in law, it's you know, uh, and I believe in the show. I'll do anything to make it happen. And if it's uh, fodder for this for show sure. and comedy material, then I'm all for it, you know. I mean how can how bad can it be? I I live here now. I'm expecting her fully one day to just walk on in on me, just touching myself. So, you know, that'll be something to talk about as well because that day's coming. I'm sure. I'm just gonna be a time where she's letting out the dog. I'm just begging and you to announce herself. Stop with the wrestling stuff. I just want you to assign me interesting stuff. I don't assign you stuff that I I think that I, I'm not assigning you stuff that I even specifically love. I'm assigning you things that I think you would like. I'm 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 telling this stuff towards you, and I'm two for two. You like both of these movies a lot that I've assigned you, but you keep assigning me wrestling documentaries. I'm gonna have to just stop doing the bet. I'm just not even gonna take the bet, or I'm gonna start cheating somehow. I don't know how, but I'm just gonna figure out a way. I, right, I can't well, take listen, this anymore. You you watch way more movies than I do. Like that's your wheelhouse. <laughs> wrestling is my wheelhouse. I don't know enough movies to assign you, and the ones that I are good and that I have seen, I know you've already seen. Stick to what you know. Stick to your bread and butter. And my bread and butter is wrestling. And if and Bo, if you're listening, I'm drilling you with a stunner tomorrow because it is Friday. All right. What's your entertainment pick? Uh, whew, let me think. Um, well, people who know me personally, I had a rough day yesterday. Um, <laughs> God, two weeks in a row, mine's going to be sad. Uh, yeah, one of my dogs unfortunately escaped and uh, tragedy met his end and got hit by a car. Um, for people who have dogs, you know, you know it's very tough. So, I mean, there's nothing better in this world than a dog and the love of a dog. They're the most loyal creatures on the planet. You know, no matter what you do, they'll always love you. So I guess my entertainment pick, even though every time I watch this movie, I fall like a baby when I watch it, would be uh, Marley and Me. Why would you do that? <laughs> Jesus, man. Good Lord. Because I'm a Oh, well. 
I am definitely never going to watch it movie again. I watched it once, and that was enough for me. So um, I have a couple yeah. of entertainment picks uh, again. I would, yeah, uh, hopefully I would you highly got recommend this podcast. Oh, man. Uh, not really. Um, so I started listening to this documentary today called um, Crime Town. And what it's about is it's about the city of Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, it, it tells a 30-minute story each week about um, organized crime in the uh, 70s and 80s um, in Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island has the third largest, uh, at least at the time, had the third largest um, organized crime country behind New York and Chicago. Uh, and it, it just sort of goes from there. That tiny little state and that tiny sort of relatively small city, massive organized crime problem. And, uh, and, and it basically tells how the mayor himself even got wrapped up in it this stud prosecutor that actually prosecuted the mob and his involvement with them. I'm only, there's only four chapters and I'm only the four chapters in. So, um, definitely check that out. And I would also tell everybody to listen also to the Brad Williams podcast and Greg Fitzsimmons of Fit Dog radio podcast, just gold, just gold, especially the first like 20 minutes of it was incredible. And then the third thing I'll leave you with just because it's sort of tied to, um, what Brad Williams is talking about is uh, do yourselves a favor. Watch Eyes Wide Shut. It's a weird movie. I stand behind it being a good movie. Stanley Kubrick died in making this movie. Um, definitely not his best. Uh, it's no Clockwork Orange, that's for sure. But uh, definitely check that movie out as well. I'm actually going to piggyback off of one of yours. Um, I have seen Brad Williams stand up live in Syracuse, the funny bone, which if you've never been is an amazing uh, venue to watch stand up comedy at destiny in Syracuse. And uh, Brad Williams will be back in Syracuse again this February. And I plan on going and I suggest if you have any sense of humor whatsoever, go see his show. Now, not only is he the funniest little person on the planet, he's one of the funniest people bar none. The guy is amazing. And just to give you a quick preview, uh, last time I saw him, one of my favorite jokes of his, he was talking about uh, watching uh, the March Madness basketball tournament with one of his buddies who happened to be a uh, six-foot-four black guy. And, you know, uh, Brad Williams had a few beers in him. It was, was a little tipsy. And he's like, hey, man, let's do a chest bump. But if you don't know, Brad Williams is a little person. Brad Williams is maybe four-foot-seven. I'm, I'm not sure. He's a very little guy. So he goes, four, four foot seven man goes to his six foot four buddy. Come on, man, let's chest bump, chest bump. So he goes to do the chest bump, and at the last second, his buddy jumps. Why you would jump with a little person, God only knows. So he jumps up in the air and manages to just drag his, uh, shall we say, manhood across the top of Brad Williams' head. But you can look forward to, you know, crude humor and just great laughs and other things like that with Brad Williams. So like I said, highly suggest you check it out. Uh, I agree. Brad Williams is hilarious. Um, you and I both love comedians and we love comedians on podcasts and there's a bunch of good stand-up specials on Netflix. You really can't go wrong with a lot of them. I watched Theo Vaughn's wasn't for me, but, uh, still funny, still very creative. You're never going to see a show like Theo Vaughn's Joe Rogan's was really good. Uh, especially his closing bit was fantastic. I mean, Bill Burr literally reads advertising and it's the funniest thing you'll hear. Um, you know, I, I just, just anything with any comedian on Netflix. I mean, if they're good to get off and get on Netflix, they're good enough for your, uh, for your hour of undivided attention. So uh, that being said, make sure you download us on iTunes and leave a review 
um, iTunes Backsports page, and then you can find us under the Backsports page um, uh, dot category search, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we're under the hoodie. So when you search it, you got to search Backsports page, and we're under that. And uh, also, you can listen to us on um, uh, through the website through backsportspage.com. You can also listen to us on Blog Talk Radio. And if you follow uh, us on Twitter, we post the shows uh, <laughs> a thousand times a week, thanks to uh, Tony and his social media skills. So, um, Tony, what you got? Uh, yeah, you find us on Twitter. I am at TonyQs44. He is at Bill K. Eagle. Find the show at Under the Hoodie. Please, guys, favorite it. Retweet it. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Tell your pastor. Tell a rabbi. I don't know what the Muslim equivalent is, but tell that guy, too, and tell your Buddhist monk. Tell everybody. Guys, we need the support. We appreciate you listening. Go to Back Sports page on iTunes, on Podcast Addict. Back Sports page. Subscribe. Hit that download button on Under the Hoodies and just come find us and let us know what you think. And for anybody in the Syracuse area listening, uh, I am an SU Hoops season ticket holder. I sit in Section 307, Row E. If you're at the game or maybe you find me at Varsity beforehand, just come up to me, talk to me. I'd love to meet some new people. Let me know what you think about the show. Any, any criticism, any ideas, anything you got for me, I would love to hear it. Don't be afraid. I'm very approachable. Just hit me up with that feedback. Um, uh, a Muslim uh, version of what you were just saying, I, I do believe, is a sheik or a, uh, a mullah. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it, so I definitely had to look it up. But I knew it. I just couldn't remember it right now. Um, so, yes, tell the me. The only uh, – if you have a – go ahead. The only sheik I know is the Iron Sheik, and he would break Hulk Hogan in half. <laughs> Thank you. That's really the best way to end the show. I'm sort of mad that I laughed and sort of ruined it, but that's great. He would break Hulk Hogan in half. Uh, You know what's funny is that uh, uh, we should be ending the show right now, but I do want to point out the the quite, the the very ironic Iron Sheik, probably one of the greatest heels of all time in wrestling history. Hulk Hogan, one of the greatest heroes, good guys in wrestling history. What a career uh, difference those two have now in 2016. Iron Sheik is beloved by everybody that follows him on Twitter. And uh, Hulk Hogan is a pariah and a creepy weirdo who made a sex tape with a radio host's wife. That's so weird how just their, their, their perception of those two have shifted since the 80s. Yeah, it's, it's quite strange. Not only did he make a sex tape, but uh, he used some very uh, inappropriate racial slurs during said sex tape. So. Oh, yeah, very, God, I forgot about very strange. That too. Yeah, so uh, you know what? In hindsight, I, I, I hope, I wish the Iron Sheik would have won. Uh, but nothing, nothing feels worse than a nice camel clutch, though. I, that's probably the worst wrestling move I've ever gotten put in. The, the camel clutch is the is the absolute worst. Worse than a figure four, sharpshooter, um, any of those. I'll show you a few. I'll show you a dragon sleeper and just knock you out. I've been put to sleep before that way. Um, so anyway, that's Tony DeNicola. I'm Bill Kegel. Tony, what is your sign-off tonight? Oh, how's she going, eh? That belongs to another show. I don't know if I want to, I wanna, uh, you know, steal that intellectual property. 
Uh, that belongs to all of, all of Canada. I don't know what you're talking about. A boot. Um, all right, so I'm gonna sign off. Uh, I'm gonna sign off as Mark Wahlberg. Oh my God, Tony, this is a great show. I was uh, had a good time talking to you, and uh, we'll do it again next week. And uh, I think I think by the time we talk next week, Tommy is gonna win another game. He's gonna be a 202s guy. Uh, I ruined it at the end. Oh my goodness. Damn it, Mark. Damn it, Mac. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Uh, let him.